You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. It is Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked On LSU podcast, where we're brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Save $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com when you use the promo code Locked On. We'll hear from one of the parents of a five-star recruit who was in town this past weekend for that big visit of 20-some-odd elite blue-chip athletes who on their own dime came to Baton Rouge. Uh, ESPN's preseason All-America team is out. We'll talk about one curious addition there and some of what Ed Ogeron had to say when he met with the media Tuesday afternoon. But let's start, though, with a little bit of breaking news. Uh, at a spot where LSU could hardly afford to lose any more depth, they have now lost more depth. Uh, LSU, uh, via press release on Wednesday morning, has announced that defensive end Ray Parker has been suspended indefinitely for a violation of team rules. So uh, Parker, in his second year with the Tigers, redshirted as a true freshman back in 2019. You might remember Parker signed with LSU out of Ruston. He was a tight end, but had the body where they really thought he could develop into a an offensive tackle. Well, they moved him to the defensive side of the ball as a strong side defensive end, 6'5", 270. Obviously would have needed more weight to play offensive line, so... I mean, he was listed, you know, as an offensive lineman, as a prospect, the number 154 overall player in the country in the 247 composite, the 14th best offensive tackle prospect in the country coming out of Ruston, but has uh, as yet to, uh, to make an impact at LSU after switching sides of the ball. The thing that's really tough about this, as we've talked about, is LSU switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3. And that transition is already difficult enough because just if you think about it practically, you're playing four down linemen instead of three. So you need more linemen, a couple of interior linemen on the field, a couple of defensive ends as well, depending on how you make that rotation work. But what's happened now is, of course, losing Tyler Shelvin, you lose arguably your best front line defensive tackle. But then what else has happened is you've you've really seen the attrition across your defensive line where your depth has hurt. So Justin Thomas transferred to UAB. TK McClendon has also announced his transfer. We know that Neil Farrell opted out already of this season. When you look across that defensive line, you see in, in a transition year, you're already down on your numbers. So it's not to say that Ray Parker was going to be this monster player for LSU in 2020, but when you start to look at who you have available, it starts to get really lean. I mean, on the interior, you know that Apuaika now has to step up for Tyler Shelvin. Instead of you know, a fourth-year guy who's a preseason All-America, you go down to a true sophomore now who is your, your nose. Instead of having Glenn Logan and Neil Farrell, a couple of guys who are seniors, you've got Glenn Logan, and Joseph Evans, a guy who has flip-flopped offensive and defensive line back and forth during his time in Baton Rouge. So instead of a senior who's played a ton of football for you, a guy who hasn't taken a snap on the defensive line now as that number three guy. 
instead of all those guys I just mentioned being your backups, now you're backed up by a couple of true freshmen, and Jaqueline Roy and Jacoby and Guillory. Specifically at end, you know, when you look at Trevez Moore and Andre Anthony, who look like they're going to be your starters, those are two guys who haven't played much football uh, in their time in Baton Rouge. And now they're veteran guys and are looking to to emerge, but they're backed up by Ali Gay, who's a JUCO transfer, and very likely B.J. Ojolari and Philip Webb, a couple of true freshmen. So the point is, as I've continued to make, I really like LSU's first 22 across the board. I like their first 22 across the board. Depth on this team is really becoming an issue. So Ray Parker suspended indefinitely. Obviously, he's still on the team. He's just suspended. So it remains to be seen if he'll be reinstated, if he'll be available at any point this year. But it appears as though LSU's going to have to start the season down yet another body on that defensive line. All right, it is the Locked on LSU podcast. Your team every day. We're brought to you by Built Bar, builtbar.com. Y'all check them out at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next order. Built Bar is simply put the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they've just introduced a ton of new flavors. If you go to the website, you'll see they have it broken down into two categories, Built Bars that are nut-free and Built Bars with nuts. So you can check out the, the German chocolate cake or the coconut almond or the peanut butter brownie or the apple almond crisp, or you can find those that are nut-free, like the coconut, the mint brownie, the double chocolate, my personal favorite, the orange. My wife loves raspberry. There's cherry uh, barcia. There's salted caramel. Go find your favorite Built Bar flavor today. You can, of course, get a mixed box where you can have a variety of flavors, or you can build your own box, or you can get a box of all one flavor if you find your favorite, like I do with the orange. Find yours today at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On to save $10 off your next order. ESPN released its preseason All-America team, and for what it's worth, I mean, it's I don't put a tremendous amount of stock in preseason All-America teams for obvious reasons. They haven't played yet. But I, it was interesting to see. I, yeah, I always peek. I mean, I think like everybody does. You always kind of peek to see what, what it says. But um, Derek Stingley Jr., of course, was on the preseason All-America team, as he'll be on everybody's preseason All-America team because he's arguably the best defensive player in college football. Um, I, I mean, I would argue he is the best defensive player in college football, but Stingley was on there. But the other interesting one was Jabril Cox. So ESPN has Jabril Cox as a preseason All-America at linebacker here heading into the 2020 season. And they talk about how it'll be a different-looking LSU team in 2020 with all the personnel losses, losses et cetera. But why adding Cox made him even more valuable, 6'4", 231. How Ed said a couple of weeks ago, he looks like the best player on the team, all that stuff. So, and all that's very true. But what's so interesting, uh, last week, Mel Kuyper had his updated big board, right? So the big board isn't a mock draft. It's just the top 25 players, prospects in the draft. And then he, rate, he ranks every position, the top five players at every position. Well... On December the 19th, this most recent December, this was before all of the draft declarations, remember, for this most recent draft that just passed. So, again, season, you know, regular season ends, December, you, know, you start having draft conversations, and then guys, you know, declare for the draft, et cetera. We had the draft in April. Well, 
back in December, Mel Kuyper did not have Jabril Cox among his top 10 outside linebackers. Cox was not in the top 10 outside linebackers in December for that draft that just passed. And again, this was before all the declarations. Right now, so from December 19th, when Cox was not on Mel Kuyper's top 10 outside linebackers list, to now, September the 3rd, Kuyper has Cox as the 15th best overall player in the draft. <laughs> so, like, eight months ago, he wasn't top 10 at his position now he's the 15th best player overall in the entire draft pool. Uh, the super odd part of that is he hasn't played a game since then. The only thing he's done is transfer to LSU. So one of two things has happened here. Either scouts didn't do their homework on Jabril Cox before this most recent draft, or there's just a tremendous amount of hype because LSU went and got it. And maybe there's some truth to both, but... This is a the thing that's undeniable is it's a massive opportunity for Jabril Cox at 6-4-231, a guy that was an All-America at the FCS level. Now you get to go to LSU where you are a day one starter in Bo Pelini's defense where he's going to expect a ton out of his linebacker. When you think about guys he's had like Ali Highsmith, who was All-America, Derry Beckwith, who was All-SEC. I mean, that's the last time Bo was here, the linebackers he had. Now you take Jabril Cox, plug and play. He's got an awesome opportunity. And maybe he will become a a first-round pick and all that stuff. It's just fascinating to me how Jabril Cox went from not even top 10 at his position when they were doing draft rankings before this most recent draft to now he's a preseason All-America and number 15 overall player in the country. I'm not saying he's not those things. I'm saying a lot of scouts completely whiffed on Jabril Cox when it was time to prep for this most recent NFL draft. All right, it's after further review. Uh, Glad to have you hanging out with us here. Cox, of course, was on the field with the rest of his teammates Friday as LSU had a scrimmage in Tiger Stadium. In hour one, we sort of recap that. If you missed it, you can go to the AFR page on YouTube and check that out at uh, YouTube. Just search for after further review. Uh, Subscribe, hit the bell there. Um, But LSU's lost a tremendous amount. But they still have a lot of talent, something we've talked a lot about over the past several months. When you can run through that first 22, and there's still an insane amount of talent on this roster, even with the opt-outs, even with all the guys that you've lost to the NFL, yet there's not a lot of hype surrounding LSU. Granted, they're preseason top 10, so take that with a grain of salt. But not many people are expecting LSU to be a championship contender this year because of what they lost. And Ed Ogeron was asked about that today. If, If they can handle this attrition, if... They've lost too many players to be a contender. I think that, you know, those guys have legitimate reasons to say, hey, listen, they lost this, they lost that. Uh, new quarterback. I can understand where they may pick us not to have the success that we think we're going to have. But I think we are underestimated because they don't know the young talent that we have. They don't know the new coaches that we have. But again, we have to go down and prove it week, week in and week out. 10 SEC games, man, buckle up. It's going to be fun. So... Let's talk a little bit about who they are replacing. Uh, we know Clyde edwards Elair is in the NFL, and he is the odds-on favorite, he and Joe Burrow, to win Pro Football Rookie of the Year, uh, NFL Rookie of the Year. So who replaces him? Someone that everyone asks about is John Emery, because John Emery was so highly touted coming out of Destrehan. And a year ago, he just 
didn't meet that expectation. Now, we could certainly have the conversation that the expectation was unfair based on star ratings. But now entering year two, how's John Emery looking? You know, we just talked about uh, our roster this morning with the coaching staff, and John has made tremendous improvement. Obviously, came in as a great talent, a great young man right there from Destrehan, was the top running back coming out of the country. Uh, had some ball security issues last year, has not had those ball security issues this year, is catching the ball very well out of the backfield, is playing uh, uh, on special teams, uh, has become an every down back, can catch the ball, can protect, can run the ball inside, outside. Uh, he's considered a starter, as, as is uh, Chris Curry and uh, Tyron Davis. I think those three guys are considered starters in our mind. So he's doing very well. The other thing Ed was asked is if there's going to be a, a running back by committee approach. And, and he said he thinks so, and that they could use three, maybe even four. He mentioned Gavantre Bradford. They call him Trey. Trey Bradford is the freshman out of the state of Texas. And he's the guy who they keep mentioning who it continues to surprise uh, because he's being mentioned among the others. Certainly, there could be a scenario where someone emerges and has that monster year. But if not, you have guys where you could constantly rotate in fresh legs and have a, a trio or a quartet of really good running backs. But what's clear about John Emery and Ty Davis-Price and Chris Curry is that they all three have very different skill sets and how they may all be used in different settings within this offense. Um, on the defensive side, of course, they're losing Grant Delpit. And Kerry Vincent opted out as well. You did get Jacoby Stevens back, but one of the big, and Maurice Hampton's back, and they, of course, signed Jordan Tolles, who's a five star freshman who they're really excited about. But one of the guys that they're really keen on is to make this whole thing work is Todd Harris. And Todd Harris, of course, is a local kid who tore his ACL a year ago, which is just devastating, but a guy that from day one the coaches have loved, uh, but is still not 100%. So I asked Ed Ogeron today to give us an update on Todd Harris and that entire position there in the defensive backfield with the safeties. Yeah, we talked about Todd this morning in length. He's getting better. He's not full speed yet. Uh, he's not 100% healthy, but he's getting close. Uh, we feel with the develop, obviously with Jacoby Stevens and the development of Mo Hampton, that we have three guys that are starters there. And we're really excited about Jordan Toes, our young freshman. Uh, we think that he's gonna be excellent. So we think we're in good shape back there. And uh, I have really three good safeties, three great college safeties that we're very pleased with. But Todd brings a lot of leadership, a lot of communication, does the right thing, makes plays, uh, can play down, can play back, can play zone, can play man, a, is a good physical tackler, and he's a good team leader for us. It's really worth asking now that you're inside of three weeks away from your opener and a guy who's a projected starter for you is still not 100%. When is that realistic to think he might be? Is it, it, is it a realistic expectation to have Todd Harris for the opener against Mississippi State? That's a question we need to start asking because that if you don't have Todd Harris, then you're talking about having Jacoby, who's of course a great leader and an awesome college player. Maurice Hampton, who emerged, and then the freshman in Jordan Tolles, who we're all very excited to see, but you'd much rather have a veteran like Todd Harris there. Uh, another freshman who they're obviously very excited about is the number one cornerback in the country, Elias Ricks, who Ed Ogeron said, yeah, expect a lot out of him, and expect a lot out of him early. Elias Ricks is doing very well. 
Did a great job in Big Cat the other day. He was very physical. Is working very hard. And uh, you're going to see a lot of Elias this, this, this year uh, as a starter, or maybe not as a starter, but definitely in a rotation, playing a lot. And we, we feel like he's going to be an outstanding player for us. Glowing praise there uh, from Ed Ogeron about Elias Ricks. This is the Lockdown LSU podcast, your team every day. The next crop of blue chip recruits coming through were in Baton Rouge this past weekend. We talked about it on yesterday's edition. If you missed that, go back and check out Lockdown LSU from Tuesday. But we did have a chance to catch up with Laura Rigney, who is the mother of Tristan Lee, five-star offensive lineman out of uh, Fairfax, Virginia. And she and her son and her family were in Baton Rouge this weekend, and she recapped the entire visit for us. That's coming up. Locked on LSU brought to you by Built Bar. Check them out at BuiltBar.com. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Wrapping up another edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so yet. As always, we greatly appreciate that. And you letting your friends and other Tiger fans know we're here for about 20 minutes every day talking uh, LSU athletics. So Laura Rigney, mother of five-star offensive tackle Tristan Lee, was in Baton Rouge with her family this past weekend, along with nearly two dozen of the top-rated players in America. So how did this all this weekend all come together without coaches' supervision during a dead period? Uh, it takes a lot of skills, but it really actually started with the quarterback. Um, so Garrett's mom contacted me um, a few weeks ago, and we talked about the idea of us coming together with a group. Um, the great news is most of these kids have seen each other at different visits, different schools throughout their recruiting process. And so they're all kind of familiar. They're all on Twitter together. And even though it seems like a large group, it's actually a pretty tight community of kids. And so once she started getting the ball rolling and Garrett started um, jumping in and helping um, and everyone just contacting everyone else, it actually um, was pretty easy to get the, the kids to uh, want to do it and to actually get there. Do you know how, how many, I've heard different numbers, but how many of the pro, of the kids, the prospects were in Baton Rouge this weekend? Yes, I actually counted several times. And okay. <laughs> at one point during, because it kept changing, like right. every every food event, everything that we did, every, there was a different number. But at one point we had 20 kids there. So that was the, um, that was the most we had, but most of those kids participated in everything. So, you said there was a food event, participated in everything. So what all did you do? <laughs> we, did a, we did a lot in like a 19-hour period of time. It was crazy. Um, we started out, uh, uh, we um, met up at one of the, the restaurants, and we um, got food to go, and Garrett's mom had rented a Airbnb for her family. And... Um, she let us know that she was totally cool with everyone meeting up there and for the kids to spend the night. And so we went to the uh, Airbnb and um, from there, it just kind of started going. So we actually went to dinner together. Um, we went and did our own little tour of the campus on our own. We got to see Mike the Tiger, which is like the coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> it is they, pretty cool, right? Like, we all take we uh, all take that for granted, but there's a freaking tiger right there on campus. I'm telling you, as long as we see Mike the Tiger, we are happy. Um, so then we just kind of walked around campus a little bit, um, and we also did top golf in the evening. Uh, the kids all spent the night at the Airbnb, and then in the morning, 
we all met for breakfast or well actually ended up being lunch because getting the kids was awake to get them awake was um a miracle right and um we all met for lunch and then everyone just kind of went their own way after that uh some some so you said 19 hours when did your family get to baton rouge and when did you all leave so we actually arrived on friday evening um we flew into New Orleans and then um, drove there. Uh, so we were actually by ourselves most of the time. And then um, we're a little obsessed with raising canes. And so um, just a little trip in every school visit, everywhere we go, we really don't have, we have a couple in Virginia, but not like they are in the South. And of course, Baton Rouge is like the birthplace of right. raising canes. So we, that's where we met up with the, the, a uh, vast majority of them was um, around noon on Saturday. Uh, and, well, I guess it was about 24 hours. And if you count the fact that the kids didn't sleep at all, it was a full <laughs> 24 hours. <laughs> uh, got it. Uh, Laura Rigney is our guest. Uh, Tristan Lee is her son, the five-star offensive lineman out of Virginia, one of 20 uh, prospects ever in Baton Rouge. Did y'all go to the original Canes? We did. We met okay. in the parking lot okay, and uh, – we very quickly realized that there was nowhere to go inside. And so uh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. when we decided just to go ahead to the Airbnb, which was a great idea because the kids love just having that time to sit and talk without any structure and um, just to get to know each other. Uh, I'm all, I'm also interested how you all were able to go about the, the, the tour. I mean, did, did you see Tiger Stadium? Did you get like a campus tour, like academic campus tour as well? Or was it really just so, sort of what, what, go ahead? Oh, no, it's all right. So with NCAA um, shutting down recruiting, um, we weren't allowed to do anything that wasn't offered to everyone. Mm -hmm. So uh, because there were no tours that were scheduled on Saturday, we were completely on our own. Uh, we did drive by the stadium, and we actually met up at, um, a parking lot that was kind of in the middle of campus, but we walked over and looked at the um, football building, which we couldn't go in, um, and it was deserted anyway. Um, but we at least had to look at it, and then we walked over to Mike the Tiger, and then um, the majority of the kids walked like uh, just like a straight line through campus as much as they could uh, without being late for dinner. Um, what kind of an obvious question I think is 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 why, why, why organize all of this and go to the trouble when you can't have the, you know, the supervision or the normal access of a, of a, an official visit? Well, unfortunately, because of COVID, this class kind of get, got, get, they were hit hard with the fact that they weren't um, going to get recruiting during the normal time frame that it was supposed to be scheduled for. And we still don't even know if there's going to be um, official visits or not, or if it's going to open back up. So it was a hundred percent worth it because even though we didn't get to do the traditional tours that you would do on an official visit, um, honestly, these kids getting to know each other was probably the single best recruiting technique that you could ever possibly do because Garrett was there telling the boys, this is why you should make me your quarterback, and this is why you should make LSU our, you know, your school. Hmm. Do you agree with him? 
I mean, I think it was a great <laughs> tactic for him. Um, he actually is a really smart uh, kid, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. And he was actually working on Aiden because I know there's a high school. That's my younger son. Right. There's a high school that's attached uh, within the campus, and he pointed out that field to him and said, look, you guys could be right next to each other. Um, so, uh, he's, yeah, it was a great tactic. And, I mean, the kids just absolutely got along perfect. The parents got along perfect. And uh, I was really impressed because we had kids all the way from California. And, um, you know, we all had to come out of our pocket, 100% out of our pocket for the whole weekend. And everyone did it. No one complained. Everyone was happy just to be there. Laura, I'm not going to keep you much longer. Your time is very much appreciated. Laura Rigney's our guest. Uh, her son is Tristan Lee, the five-star offensive lineman out of Virginia, talking about this big weekend. Uh, have you had a chance... And, you know, honestly, you have a sort of a, a, a rare perspective here, too, because Tristan's been so highly recruited. He's your experienced COVID recruitment, but also you experienced pre-COVID recruitment where mm-hmm. it, it was obviously very intense. Um, how how would you say the relationship or the the way that LSU staff has handled both, really? I mean, pre-COVID and now what what you all are able to experience, whatever that is. I've been very fortunate because we, that was actually our third trip there. And our first trip uh, was at the camp a year ago with Tristan and this, the coaches that are at LSU do a very good job because they're not only telling you that they want to recruit you, but they're telling you why they tell you what they like about you, what they want to improve about you. I mean, they give up information. The first time we walked around, away from LSU, I said to Tristan, I said, this is the only school we've been to where they actually told you how to improve and you could go somewhere else and use it against them. And they don't care because they truly love football. Uh, As soon as COVID hit, um, they've been really good about having the Zoom calls. And we basically had visits through Zoom and we got to see a lot, which was good. But, you know, nothing replaces being... Uh, in that campus atmosphere and being right next to Mike. And I mean, nothing replaces that. So um, there were people there that had blindly recruited to, um, excuse me, blindly committed to the school Mm -hmm. and watching their excitement for seeing it the first time was unbelievable. High praise that should make a lot of LSU fans and coaches pretty happy. Uh, If you missed uh, anything or any of our episodes, of course, you can always Jet back to uh, the Lockdown LSU podcast, however you listen to your podcast, and catch any old episodes there. Please rate us, leave a review. We appreciate that greatly. It is Lockdown LSU. Our episode today brought to you by Built Bar. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and save $10 off your next order. Until tomorrow, it is Locked on LSU, your team every day.